Time once again for the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you joined by Alabama Team Insider and Beat Reporter for the website, Mr. Charlie Potter. It is a Tuesday night. We are approaching the midway point of South Carolina week, the Crimson Tide entering Southeastern Conference play at a perfect 2-0. and And Charlie, thought we would uh, crank one of these up on Tuesday nights, kind of a little bit of what we've seen from the previous week and where things sit heading into Wednesday's all-important practice, especially when you talk about player availability on a weekly basis and maybe a little bit of a preview of Saturday's game as well. How's it going, Charlie? It's going good, man. Um, it's good to get on the road again. I know we went to Atlanta for the first week of the season, but that's almost been a home away for home for Alabama. So we get to go to a stadium I've never been to. That, that's always exciting. Yeah. And for a matchup now, after you know, the first couple of weeks, that'll really test this Alabama team to see what they are looking forward to. Yeah, I've been to Columbia, South Carolina a few times. The last time that fateful 2010 matchup where Steven Garcia, Marcus Slattimore, Alshon Jeffrey, the rest of those guys did a number on Greg McElroy, Mark Ingram, Marcel Darius, a lot of future NFL players on the gridiron uh, that day back in early October 2010. I know uh, Nick Saban was asked about it in his Monday press conference uh, and gave about the kind of answer you would expect in relation to this roster having been so long ago, not really uh, being up to speed or uh, recalling much about that uh, that game from uh, nearly a decade ago. But, um, you know, what's been the vibe a little bit this week? I mean, as much as this team sits there at 2-0, and ranked second in the country, Charlie, um, even with two impressive wins have you gotten a sense from the players or just what you've taken from Nick Saban's comments earlier in the week that there's still a lot for this team to sort of improve upon and and improve for that matter yeah definitely I think one of the the big takeaways it was after this past Saturday's game against New Mexico State and then in the interviews, um, you know, this week, guys like Tua Tonga-Vailoa and, and Jerry Judy came up. And uh, what has been really the, the strength of this offense, what everybody expected to be the strength of this offense, is the passing game. And, um, you know, the players and, and Nick Saban have pointed to kind of sloppy play in the passing game. They've left some money on the table, and that's something they want to clean up. And I think that mindset is probably what we're going to hear for most of the season. Um, you know, last year, I think they kind of – you know, took their foot off the, the gas a little bit. They realized how good they were. And uh, it, it obviously didn't end the way they wanted to with the loss of Clemson. And this year, um, you know, obviously things like the, the running game can improve. They can improve some things defensively uh, a little bit. But whenever they're, you know, not even pleased with how explosive they've been on offense in the passing game, I think that shows that you know, they're focused. Um, they know they have a lot of work to do, but they also know they have a good team and they know they're going to get tested this week. So um, but pretty much business as usual for Alabama uh, whenever they're speaking to us and, and the things that they're saying. And you mentioned what Nick Saban said about that 2010 game. It was pretty much what you expected, even though I don't know if I could have came up with the, uh, you know, getting the lining kicked out of the britches uh, line that he put out there at his press conference. But, um, you know, they're taking South Carolina seriously. They have a lot of respect for this team. They've been impressed with that your freshman quarterback and um, I think they know that 
this will be a, a big test for them to see where they are. And I think if they can clean up some of those things that they want to clean up, like the passing game, uh, then they'll, they'll be in good shape. It's interesting that you mentioned the passing game because I think we are at a point where if Tua Tonga Vailoa completes just just 67% of his passes like he did last Saturday against New Mexico State, you kind of walk away thinking, man, that, that wasn't the most clean of performances for uh, a Tua Tonga Vailoa quarterbacked offense. But from the fan perspective, what we hear it seems like the most Charlie has to do with that offensive line and as an extension of that the run game to this point getting Najee Harris getting Brian Robinson going as more consistent forces uh, in that area of the offense we've both been out to media viewing periods each of the first two days this week Um, have you been able to glean anything it's been tough hasn't it trying to maybe figure out where this offensive line is headed this week after a couple of different lineups to start the season. Yeah, it has been. Um, we haven't really seen any full line drills up to this point. We saw today some uh, guard and tackle combos. We didn't really see much from the center, but it looks like Landon Dickerson's moved back to, to right guard, and that means that Chris Owens is probably going to be able to go this week at, at center. And uh, you know, Nick Saban mentioned after the game how you know Chris Owens is their first team center, and then Mill Echior is the number two guy. And so when those two guys didn't suit up on Saturday, Landon Dickerson was forced into that into that role. And that's something that we heard from Landon earlier on Tuesday, and, and he's never played center in a game before. So um, when you take into account that you have a basically a, a person that's never played center before in his life uh, in the middle of that offensive line and some you know moving pieces around, plugging Matt Walmart back in at, at right guard, um, you know, there's still going to be some some bumps in the road. I, I don't think they have their finished line on the field yet. Um, we could still see a guy like Deontay Brown come in whenever he is um, eligible after the first four games of the season, and they have some moving parts they can shift around. Um, so they're still tinkering with things. And, um, you know, the running backs as well, you, you look at what Nick Saban says he wants to see out of them. He wants to see them run the football a certain way, especially uh, in certain situations, short yard situations. And a guy like Najee Harris, um, you know, he's known for his footwork. He likes to dance around a little bit and make people miss. He's kind of got, got a little bit of the style of, of a Le'Veon Bell uh, in the NFL. But, um, you know, they they improved a little bit this week, and that was to be expected against a New Mexico State team that didn't, um, you know, cover the run very well at all last year. But it's still, I think, a work in progress and something that they're going to continue to place place emphasis on. And um, we'll see how it looks this week. I know South Carolina will be a test for them, and they should be the full strength up front on the offensive line, and we'll see how things go. What about Emil Echior? Uh, he was one of those guys who missed New Mexico State. Are you seeing signs this week that – Perhaps he could be back in the mix here relatively quickly. Maybe not this week. Um, you know, Monday, it didn't look like he was doing anything. He was kind of sitting off to the side of Deontay Brown. And then uh, today he looked to be a little bit more in the mix. But uh, again, you know, we didn't see much from the centers. He looked out there and it kept being, you know, guard and, and tackle combos. Uh, a lot of the guys that are playing center, you know, Owens, Ekior, um, Darian Dalcourt, they're guys that are holding the, the dummies. But, you know, he's dressed out. He's out on the practice field. He hasn't been in a black no contact jersey, but we haven't seen a lot of that. Um, you know, this season is something they kind of put on the players once we leave. So tomorrow I think will be you know really big for him. Um, you know, the, the offensive linemen have been kind of tough to gauge. I would obviously say that Chris Owens is doing more 
um, you know, than, than Ekuar at this point. But you look at guys along the defensive line, the guy like Justin Aboyby, who was in the same boat as those two, um, didn't play on Saturday. He's doing a lot more. It's obvious that he's uh, a player they're getting ready to play on Saturday. So it's been tough to tell for the offensive lineman. But if I had to, you know, make a prediction on Emil Ekuar this week, I'd probably say he's still got about another week before he's ready to go. Yeah, and tough to build that cohesion uh, that I'm sure Kyle Flood is looking for when you've got a couple of guys that are in and out of the lineup. And I think that's going to be one of the more fascinating aspects of Saturday's game, especially on the road, especially early in that game when the South Carolina crowd will be full throat and how communication works, uh, how those sort of issues that can crop up if you don't have that sort of chemistry established, uh, can impact some things, false starts, um, you know, those potential uh, obstacles that this line could have, especially, again, early in the game on Saturday. That's where having a veteran quarterback, certainly, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa can help as well. Um, Charlie, let's stick with the health sort of update, the injury update to this point. Um, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball where – we continue to not see Antonio Alfano, the true freshman defensive lineman, at practices. Nick Saban talked about that here in the last few days uh, in relation to uh, some discipline, I guess, that's being uh, dealt with with Antonio Alfano. But on a good news note, looks like Justin Aboigby is getting closer and closer to being ready to make his uh, his Alabama debut. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, he's a guy that I was really shocked to see go through pregame warmups on Saturday before the New Mexico State game. You know, he was fully dressed out and doing things, and he looked like a guy that was moving pretty well. Um, you know, he he spent the the first game on the sideline with a, a walking boot on and moving around with the scooter. So, you know, to transition from that to going through pregame warmups in a week, uh, I, I think it spelled good things for him. And you know, since. Um, you know, day one of practice this week, he's been moving around really well. We got a really up close look at him today and, you know, he didn't show any signs of limitations from what I could see. I know we're obviously not out there for the entire practice, but you know, he looks to be moving well. Uh, another guy, LeBron Ray looked to be a little bit limited on Monday. He was just kind of sitting off to the side and, and watching the players, maybe walking back and forth between drills, but he was, you know, moving well. Uh, that's kind of been the thing this week is some of their veteran players have looked to be taking things a little easier. Um, and then today they were doing a lot more. So, you know, it's kind of expected, you know, they, they give them a, a little bit of a, a break guys like Anthony Jennings and, and Terrell Lewis that have been dealing with injuries in the past. So, um, but from an injury standpoint, when you look out on the practice field, Alabama's getting closer and closer to full strength and a boy is definitely somebody that stands out. And yeah, with Antonio Alfano, you know, he hasn't been at practice the last two days. Uh, I don't think that he was out there last Wednesday as well. And Nick Saban, after the New Mexico state game, you know, mentioned the, the disciplinary things that uh, Alfano is dealing with, with the head coach. And he wasn't on the field or anywhere to be seen and during Saturday's game. So that's something we'll continue to monitor because he's a guy that, that missed some time in the preseason. Um, you know, that was supposedly because of some family issues. But we'll see how things shake out with him. Um, you know, right now he's a guy that hasn't seen the field. And um, it's going to be tough for him to do that missing practice. So uh, moving forward, I think with the, the guys that they have, uh, they feel good about them. So I think that's a plus for Alabama. Speaking of uh, some different looks and some shaking of some things up, 
that secondary for Alabama, that was certainly a storyline for the New Mexico State game. When you talk about Jordan Battle, Daniel Wright at the safety positions, and then through the early stages of this week, including Tuesday's media viewing periods, we were out there and a little bit different look once again to the first group with that nickel package. Yeah, it's kind of like the offensive line. It's that the moving shares there uh, has been more frequent. Um, you know, Saturday, Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright started the game. Um, well, Jordan Battle started the game at safety. Daniel Wright came on a few plays later whenever they shifted to their dime formation. But it's still nonetheless a group that was different than what we saw in the first game and what we'd seen basically the entire preseason. And, you know, um, I asked Nick Saban about that Monday, and he said it's just he wanted to get some guys in there to get a different look. And, um, you know, Jordan Battle's a guy that they're really high on, and uh, I think he'll continue to – if he continues to show progress, he's a guy they'll get more and more playing time because I think he's played pretty well through the first two weeks as a true freshman. But, you know, on Tuesday they shaked it up a, a little bit more. We saw um, – Shaheem Carter at star, and he's a guy that's kind of been, you know, just on the field in some dime situations. One of Alabama's most experienced defensive backs, um, arguably their most intelligent uh, defensive back, a guy that, you know, Coach Saban and some of the players have referred to as another coach on the field. And he was in at star, and then your corners were Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan, and the safeties were Xavier McKinney and, and Jared Maiden. So, um, you know, no Josh Job with the ones or twos. Uh, he's a guy that didn't start the game this past Saturday. Saturday and seemed to be kind of frustrated a little bit during the game. So you got to wonder if maybe he's in the doghouse a little bit for, for something that hasn't been disclosed yet. But, um, you know, they have options in that secondary. I think when we're talking about the defensive backfield and the offensive line, um, Alabama feels pretty good about both of those units. They're just trying to mix and match and get the right guys on the field. And, um, you know, through the first two weeks, that's something that you can obviously mix and match with, but, I think the presence of a guy like Shaheen Carter leading into the first true road game in the open of SEC play, you know, that's not surprising at all to see a, a Wiley veteran like him, like him out there on the field. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens when they line up in dime tomorrow to see if maybe a guy like Jordan Battles in the mix, maybe Josh Job starts to, to work in there some and to see where they go from here. That's the luxury, isn't it, of having that, as you said, veteran in Shaheem Carter for whatever reason, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's both. If you have some issues just about anywhere in that secondary, uh, he can jump in there and help you out. And, you know, that's that's the same can be said for more than a couple of those guys when it comes to versatility. But, um, you know, Shaheem Carter, it can be pretty seamless in going to him, whether it's star or safety uh, with an emphasis on those two positions. Now, South Carolina uh, coming up on Saturday, williams Bryce Stadium, right around 2.30 is going to be your kickoff on CBS. Uh, Charlie, I don't know how much time you've had to really look at the South Carolina team. I know your focus each and every day is on the Alabama Crimson Tide, but certainly uh, the quarterback position. Uh, I think the, the overwhelming uh, edge is going to to at least perceive to be with Alabama, obviously with Tua Tagovailoa and what we know he has already done and what we've already seen from him through two games. Meanwhile, South Carolina with a true freshman starter this week and Ryan Helensky coming off a nice performance against an FCS opponent last Saturday in his first start. Um, is there any other angles to this game that you have maybe a particular interest in, in watching play out on Saturday? 
I think the quarterback position is obviously at the top of the list. Um, you know, I think before the season, you know, having a veteran player like Jake Bentley out on the field uh, makes it for an intriguing game. Um, you're not taking anything away from Ryan Helinski, but um, you know, he's a guy that's been in the league a while. Jake Bentley has, and I think that would have obviously helped South Carolina. But uh, you know, Helinski is a, a talented player. I think he's a top 100 recruit. And uh, he came in and played well. You have to take into account the level of competition, though. And um, I think that it's going to be a a lot different facing an Alabama defense. But I think Nick Saban and the players have have said the right things about him. Nick Saban's actually said some things that you don't really hear every week when he's talking about opposing players. He talked about how Helensky played flawlessly last week and um you know he didn't really like a freshman out there and uh it's it's a little bit of a challenge for this Alabama team because you have very little film on him he's a first year player um you got his first start last week so you have you know one full game of of game film on him and uh you know they could do some things to to change things up and surprise Alabama so um I think that you know tops the list they obviously have you know talented players um, all over the field. South Carolina does. I don't think it's quite to the level of what we saw in that 2010 game, but um, you know, they can throw some playmakers out there and, and um, match up with them defensively. I think a little bit in the secondary with Alabama's receivers, but I think all eyes will be on that true freshman quarterback and how he handles this Alabama defense and you know, his first taste of SEC football. Yeah. South Carolina, you have to think ideally would be able to get things going. I think, I think South Carolina will, probably take some shots early in the game with Holinsky, uh because he's not your typical freshman quarterback. And he has some guys in Shai Smith and Brian Edwards at the wide receiver positions uh, that are capable of making some plays down the field. And I still think that until Alabama with that secondary uh, continues to have success well into the season, uh, I don't think teams are going to be shy about going at uh, – even Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan. So that'll be something interesting to watch early in the game. But ultimately, yeah, you got to think Will Muschamp would love to be able to lean more on the running game with Rico Doddle and also Tavian Feaster, a familiar name, because he's a Clemson transfer now playing for rival South Carolina uh, as a grad transfer. Um, you know, those things are going to be interesting for the, the South Carolina offense and going against the Alabama defense. Uh, defensively, you touched on it. Um, you know, some solid players, uh, Javon Kinlaw up front for this South Carolina defense, TJ Brunson at the linebacker position, now playing the weak side position. He has experience at middle linebacker as well. Um, some of those matchups in the secondary one in particular, JC Horn, uh, considered to be South Carolina's top cover corner, uh, perhaps sending him to. Jerry Judy on a down-in and down-out basis, which sounds good, but then you still have to account for Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Henry Ruggs III. So those are some of the matchups we'll have an eye on uh, for that game on Saturday. We talk about Helensky being a true freshman, but look, Alabama certainly no stranger to uh, going with a lot of those young players themselves uh, with an emphasis on the defensive side of the ball right up the middle of that defense, Jordan Battle now at safety. Uh, starting to emerge as well. And that sort of brings us to to how we'll close this thing uh, on this edition of the Built by Bama online podcast, Charlie. And, and um, you know, talk about how many freshmen, true freshmen we've seen to this point 
And are there still a couple of three, four more guys that you anticipate seeing? I think Aboigbe's obvious, but maybe in a, in addition to Justin Aboigbe. Yeah, they've played a lot. Um, you know, they've played 18 up to this point, 17 played in the game this past Saturday against New Mexico State, with the lone exception being uh, Talia Tonga-Vailoa. Um, you know, we, we saw Tua play the first series of the second half, and then Mac Jones closed things out. And, um, you know, Nick Saban didn't sound like he is very pleased with the two, so that's why we saw probably a lot more of, of Mac Jones trying to get a rhythm going. But, you know, they've, they've been well represented through the first two weeks, and that's to be expected. Um, I think, obviously, the, the guys that are on the field with the first team have, have stood out, guys like Shane Lee and Christian Harris at inside linebacker. Uh, DJ Dale has played really well through the first two weeks. Um, you know, Evan Neal started both games at, at left guard and you know, Will Reichard obviously made headlines this past weekend yeah. with, with two long field goals. So, um, you know, those are the guys that have been you know, kind of constants. We saw Jordan Battle kind of emerge into that group this past weekend uh, as a starter at safety. And like I said, there's a lot of buzz around him right now. Um, you know, Keelan Robinson had a, a long run and he's a player that Nick Saban has, has said has uh, you know, some juice and is a little bit of different dynamic from the other running backs they have. And, you know, as a team that's struggling to get things going on the ground, be interesting to see what they do with him moving forward. But, you know, as far as guys that haven't seen the field yet, yeah, I think there's still um, a couple out there, especially with the uh, the redshirt rule that allows them to play in four games. I think obviously we'll see Justin Aboigby this weekend, and I'm sure he's going to have a, a key role uh, on the defensive front moving forward. Uh, I think a guy like Kevin Harris, an outside linebacker, could still see the field. I'll be interested to see what they do with Paul Tyson if he's a guy that maybe they sneak into a game or two just to get him that experience because I think everyone knows that they're going to have to find a new starting quarterback next year and in turn they're going to have to find a new backup quarterback as well. So um, I'll be interested to see what they do with him. And um, I think, though, you know, this is a, a class that, Obviously, they, they have a lot of high hopes for. They're getting guys in the mix with the ones very early, and there's still some young guys that are going to get some opportunities down the road. So, uh, you know, 20-plus, that, that won't shock me at all to see that many freshmen contribute this season. And, again, that sort of ties in with the Built by Bama online podcast mailbag we posted on the roundtable earlier on Tuesday looking for some questions, comments. We got a couple, Roll Tide 01 and Crimson D247, both related to true freshmen. And Crimson D247, he was specific. He wanted to ask us uh, if we believe that Darian Dahlcourt will eventually become the starter at the center position. I thought it was interesting against New Mexico State. I don't think Tua Tagovailoa was still in the game, but it looked like the rest of the first team offensive line was out there when Darian Dahlcourt made his appearance. What do you think, Charlie? Is it is it still too soon to to think that Darian Dahlcourt might be able to do that uh, here in the immediate future? I think we both agree at some point down the road, this is the guy at the center position, though. Yeah, I do think down the road it is. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens now because you have guys like Chris Owens and Emil Ekior making their way back to the field. And you know, Nick Saban plainly laid it out to everybody that it, in the pecking order it goes one, Chris Owens, two, Emil Ekior, three, Landon Dickerson, and then four, Darian Dalcor. But I think Dalcor has played pretty well. Um, you know, that first game, I think it was um, you know, late in the game that, that he and uh, Kendall Randolph kind of combined to – 
for a double pancake on uh, Jerome Ford's long touchdown. And I think we've seen some good things from Dalcourt uh, in this game as well. Um, he's a guy that I, I mentioned earlier on, I'd be interested to see what happens with him in this competition um, just because he's looked good at that center position. He's a guy that's kind of stood out. I think a lot of these freshmen have, have come in and, and made a name for themselves and, and locked in roles with that too deep. And, you know, Dalcourt's right on the fringe of doing that because you have a guy like Dickerson who can play guard, Emil Ekior can play guard. And say if they lock in spots along that offensive line and, and he beats out Chris Owens, then that's how it can happen. It's it's going to take a lot, though. That That's kind of a, a complicated roadmap to how he gets that starting job. But if he continues to play well and progress, it wouldn't shock me. I think it was Cole Kublik who is a guy that I really appreciate when it comes to offensive line inside. He said that he thinks Dalcourt will be Alabama's first-team center by the end of the year. So a lot of people have been paying attention to this guy and what he's doing, and uh, I think he has a bright future, no doubt. Yeah, I don't know when it's going to happen. I just know that when Darian Dalcourt does take over at center, uh, he he won't be checking out uh, for for the rest of his eligibility and or – uh, as long as he's healthy uh, at Alabama. I think that's pretty plain to see. I guess one of the things you have to consider with the interior of that offensive line right now is you already have a true freshman starter at left guard. Do you really want to double down on true freshmen uh, right there in the middle of your offensive line? Um, I, I'm guessing these are the things that also uh, come under consideration as well. Well, that's just about going to do it for the latest edition of the built by Bama online podcast. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we'd really appreciate you doing so wherever you consume your podcast content, leave us a review if you don't mind as well, Charlie, good stuff. Safe travels, uh, over to, uh, to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend, your, uh, maiden voyage over there to the state capital of the Palmetto state. And, uh, we'll be catching up as we move throughout the week. Got a lot more coverage coming from Charlie and everyone else with us there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. There he goes, Charlie Potter. That's going to do it for a Tuesday night edition of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again real soon.